0: Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Everybody Wants to Be a Cat because what else do you want to be? Nothing.
1: I just want to be a cat.
0: Yeah, look. Be a could cat. go for sleeping all day and just getting fed by people.
1: Be nice.
0: Once again, Riley's not here.
1: <laughs> He'll be back eventually. He promised. Whenever
0: that is, Riley. <laughs> anyway, so Zane's here. At Zane, producer Zane is our podcast Co host for the evening. And uh, Zane's got some exciting stuff for us tonight. So take us through what you've got, Zane.
1: I'm going to talk about a mythological creature called the underwater panther. I'm and here for it. Russian blues. Yes. One of my favorite breeds they of cat. They are
0: so beautiful. Is Luke Volker's cat that he lives with? Correct. Yeah. Gary?
1: Gary. <laughs> Gary is a Russian blue.
0: Gary. Oh, Gary and, Gary and Lala and Luke Volker's house. This is, what a dream. What
1: a house.
0: What a house. What a dream. And I'm going to be taking you through one of my favourite cat heroes who isn't a cat but is a hero to cats, Beth Stern.
1: Oh, Beth Stern. So hero to great. cats everywhere.
0: Oh, so good. Anyway, um, we've got our Instacat of the week and we've got our Best Friends Feline Profile of the week as well. That's so it's a right. full episode today or tonight or whenever you're listening. So, give me some mythical cat, Zane. I'm here. I'm mythical here for it. Mythical
1: cat called the underwater panther. So the underwater panther, or is also called Mish, Mishipeshu, Mishipeshu, or Mishibiju, Mishibishu. uh In Ojibwe, I pro- Where I apologize is that? for my my Australian pronunciation of these Ojibwe?
0: native <laughs> of these <laughs> Native
1: American names.
0: Oh, um, Ojibwe. Ojibwe. Ojibwe? Wingapo.
1: O-J-I-B-W-E.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah.
1: And it's one of the most uh, important of several mythological water beings among the Indigenous peoples of the northeastern woodlands and Great Lakes region, particularly among the Ashinabe. Mm. So Mishipeshu translates into the Great Lynx. It has the head and paws of a giant cat but is covered in scales and has dagger-like spikes running along its back and tail so
0: that cat is not fucking around
1: no this is a guardian <laughs> cat and and it it is going to guard uh, Mishipeshu uh, calls Mishipikaten Island and Lake in Lake Superior his home and is a powerful creature in the mythological traditions of some Native American tribes, particularly the Ashinaabe tribes, the Odawa, the Ojibwe, and the Potow- Potow- Potawatomi of the Great Lakes region of Canada and United States, in addition to the Anishinaabeg Inu tribes, also have Mishi Bizhu stories. Mm, all right. mm. To the Algonquins, the underwater panther is the most powerful underworld being. That's right.
0: Underworld.
1: The Ojibwe traditionally held them to be masters of all water creatures, including snakes. And some versions of the Nanabozho creation legend refers to uh, whole communities of waterlings. So some archaeologists believe that underwater panthers were major components in the southeastern ceremonial complex of the Mississippian culture and the prehistoric American Southeast. Right. Now you might be saying, This is all well and good, Zane, <laughs> but what do these things look like? Okay. Yes, that's
0: exactly what I was thinking. Firstly,
1: they're mythological, so they don't look like much. But <laughs> in most of the depictions of oh, that I have found they look like a cat with a really long tail, like a cat with like a... S- so
0: like a normal-sized cat and a really long tail?
1: A big cat right. with a really long tail, like a tail like twice as long as it is. Right. And covered in scales, like bluey-green scales right. or coppery scales because they are guardians of copper deposits. What? The native American, okay. Well, I'll, I'll get to that. <coughs> so, in mythologies of the indigenous peoples of the Great Lakes, underwater panthers are described as water monsters that live in opposition to the thunderbirds. Now, as
0: in the puppets?
1: No, as <laughs> as in the creature made semi-famous by Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the Harry Potter spin-off series.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. which, what, what?
1: The big thunderbird that when it flies. Oh, the one he come? got
0: in the middle yeah. of the desert.
1: Yeah, the one that he released in the middle of the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So
1: yep. they're also a Native American mythological creature. Oh, wow. Um, Thunderbirds are the masters of the powers of air.
0: Ah, so, so then the water panther is the master of the water.
1: Correct. And underwater panthers are seen as opposing yet complementary. And they are engaged, of course, in eternal conflict. <laughs> uh, of
0: course. Yeah.
1: So underwater panther was an amalgam of feature for many animals, the body of a wild feline, often a cougar or a lynx, the horns of a deer or bison sometimes, upright scales on its back like a like an alligator, right. uh, occasionally feathers and parts from other animals as well, depending on the myth. Now, m- Peju are said to live in the deepest parts of lakes and rivers where they can cause storms. Some traditions believe that underwater panthers to be helpful and protective, but more often they were viewed as malevolent beasts that brought death and misfortune. So, again, as with most of the cats that we've spoken about, they're kind of capricious. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. So uh, the Mishi is known for guarding vast amounts of copper in Lake Superior and the Great Lakes region. So the Indigenous people mined copper well before the arrival of Europeans in the area. Yeah, But later- the white
0: people came in and fucked everything up. Yeah,
1: yeah. So during the 17th century, uh, the missionaries of the Society of Jesus arrived in the Great Lakes region and by that time swiping copper um, swiping copper from the region was extremely taboo and forbidden by the Ojibwa twa- tribe, mm. and it was even worse to take it from the Great Lynx's home in Mickey Peekerton Island. Ah, oh, um,
0: your face when you say these things, because you're Peekerton? trying to be so delicate, I, so I don't want to be mean.
1: <laughs> um, and it was considered stealing from Mishi Peshu himself, but, of course, they went on to do that. Wow. Uh, so apparently a Jesuit missionary named Claude Dablon told a story about four Ojibwa Indians who embarked on a journey to the home of Mishipeshu to take some copper back to their home right. and use it to heat water. Mm. The very second they pushed off and backed into the water with their canoe. The eerie voice of the water panther surrounded them and the water panther came growling after them vigorously. The water panther
0: has a voice?
1: Yeah, vigorously accusing them of stealing the playthings of his children.
0: (gasps) No, not the kitten's toys.
1: You can't steal a kitten's toys. (laughs) No. And all four Indians died on the way back to their village the last one surviving just long enough to tell the tale of what happened in the final moments before he died Con- <laughs> convenient yes dramatic also definitely
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah so this is uh the underwater panther of the great lakes region
0: i'm so ready for another racist disney movie about the underwater panther
1: i would i would like a non-racist Disney movie about the underwater pamper and the Thunderbird. I think that there's something there.
0: There's something there. Okay, well, we need to chat to the Fantastic Beasts people. That's who could do it.
1: And the Algonquins and the Ashinabe and the Ojibwas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Okay, cool. I'm really interested. I really like it.
1: Yeah, well, it it is one of the more interesting because, like I said, when I did my... Egyptian thing A while ago A couple of weeks ago I found a list Of all these things <laughs> And this one Was the one That was Wasn't like A servant Of a god Or something it's It was kind like of just a
0: its, Bang up
1: Yeah This is It's its own thing It It, it it commands the lake and you don't be stealing no copper. Right. Please.
0: Don't steal the coffer, copper because it's the kitten's toys.
1: What else are kittens going to play with if not hunks of copper? I
0: don't know. Not jangly mice,
1: that's
0: for sure. <laughs> cool. Well, that was really cool. Um, So I have picked somebody to talk about this week that I have wanted to talk about on this podcast for so long and it just keeps other cat things keep popping up. I get distracted by pet breeds and ah, what a mess. So a couple of years ago, I was in my peak cat crazy phase because I didn't have a cat and I found this Instagram of Beth Stern and the Stern, the last name I knew because of Howard Stern, I knew he was a judge on like America's Got Talent or something, but other than that, he was just obscurity to me found out that Howard Stern was a radio presenter and he had married Beth Stern who was a model and a former actress and now full-time what she does is advocate for um, animals and she also spends a lot of her time, pretty much all of her time, fostering cats and kittens and making sure that they can get adopted out and to like really good homes. So the Sterns started fostering about, oh, God, 2013 after their dog, Bianca, had died. Um, Beth, who was a long-time animal advocate for the North Shore Animal League, which is the world's n- largest no-kill shelter for more than a decade, had stopped by and couldn't help but felt sorry for, like, all the cats that were trapped in cages. Um, and, I mean, very much the situation that's going on here, our shelters – are overflowing with cats and kittens at the moment. So Beth knew that they could help because, you know, Howard earns a lot of money. He, in 2016, was the richest radio host, earning about $90 million a year. So Beth had started building her Instagram presence, which now has more, and this was in 2017, this article from um, Money Magazine, 367,000 followers. So let's check how many she's got now. Pada. A patta, 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 patta.
1: billion trillion. A
0: billion trillion. Something like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started finding her photos. And I like at her peak, and this was a little while ago, I'd say she probably had close to 20
1: Aww, cats. That's the dream. Living
0: like because she's got resident cats as well. She has Yoda, she has Walter, she had Sophia. Sophia and Charlie, which Charlie unfortunately passed away, and Sophia, who was like his mate, she passed yeah. away soon afterwards, which uh. is so sad um so Beth Stone has over four hundred and thirty thousand Instagram followers,
1: wow,
0: right, um so yeah, she's got resident cats as well, but because you know she recognized that they were in a like a point like a place of privilege where they could yeah. spend time and money looking after cats. So um, Howard actually talks about the cats a lot of the time on his radio show to get them <laughs> adopted, and because oh, like you know they're famous people, so they have celebrities that come to the house all the time. I remember Robert Downey Jr. came when she had like a litter of four boys, yeah, and there was like Downey and Chaplin, and <laughs> there was like a couple of other like relevant um, Robert Downey Jr. Um, Downey Jr. Um, kittens, yeah. So um, she. Um, Also, she does a lot of, um, like she specializes with cats that have special needs. A lot of the time the kittens that she gets in are um, blind. She does work a lot with um, blind kittens. And making sure that she's sharing the stories and like showing people their personalities. And through that people can contact her via email and adopt the kittens. Yeah.
1: So if I was
0: in the area of New York.
1: (laughs) I was all of them
0: you know going through Instagram and I want a kitten I could go into Beth Stern's page and you can apply and she goes through all of the applications and sees who is relevant to each cat um so she um talks about like the quickest adoption ev- ever where she like literally put up a photo of a kitten and then someone literally put their hand up within hours of her getting this kitten <laughs> and getting them a home so there's some amazing Instagrams that have come from Beth adopting these cats. My favourite is Amazing Raisin, and he has adopted, like it's a family of like five cats. I'm not too sure how many are in the family that were adopted through Beth, but their most recent is a beautiful, um, like I think she's a Scottish Fold. Let me just double check. Um,
1: I love Scottish Folds.
0: But she had problems. Is she a Scottish Fold? She's definitely a breed, but she was um, amazing. Reason: Where is he? Um, she was let go from a breeder because she was having problems with like weepy eyes. Oh, um, where is she? Her name's Eloise, and she's so cute. So yeah, she's like oh god. Let me get a good photo to show Zane, and I'll post her on the Facebook.
1: It's very important that I. S- oh, she, she looks so, so beautiful. Cute. So
0: she's like a Scottish Fold, but then she's also like a short hair. Problem, but she was had like the breeder didn't like that she had weepy eyes, so she just abandoned her. So Beth took her in, and because of that, she got adopted by this amazing family. So there's Raisin, Bentley, Cheddar, and Eloise. <laughs> so um, three of the boys, three three of the cats were adopted through Beth, and then one of them wasn't probably from another rescue situation.
1: But yeah, success. I
0: know that. Like, I think when. If if I was in a position where I wasn't working full time but I had like a gr- amazing income coming in yeah. like these guys do cuz you know they earn a lot of money but with that privilege they recognize that they can help because there are and this is not this is like a world epidemic problem where we have people that don't dissect do pets and kittens are born and they're not looked after and they're forced into shelters where they get euthanized which is
1: horrible or arguably worse they just Become feral yeah. in Australia, they just and we haven't. An, we have
0: like a really like bad feral cat problem, and then now. I've, I saw an article the other day about being it being legal to like kill feral cats or some shit, which is the most horrendous thing I've ever heard. Yes, we don't want them killing our wildlife, of course, but also I think we need to search at the root of the problem, which yeah. is dissect your pets. Do it. My it God, it's like. It's, Call your vet, honest, it's leave like, a message. It is the most irresponsible thing and I can't stand it. My friend just had her, Um, she has two Bengals and they just had the the girl to sext. And it's like, yes, it's, it, you know, it's a thing that you have to do, but it's like for the benefit of them. Yeah. You don't want little kittens running around if you can't look after them. If you can and you're a responsible breeder, go for it. But it's like if you can't look after them,
1: yeah. I have something to say about responsible breeders in our next section.
0: Okay, we'll talk about that. (laughs) So um, the thing that I really love is that even, this is a quote from Beth, even when the house is full, there is never a question. Howard tells me just to get more if they need us, which is the sweetest. So I just want to shout out Beth Stern. I don't know what Howard's like on radio or whatever his politics are, whatever what they do for animals and what they've done for cats in life and right. helping place helping these helpless creatures get homes through their own pain of losing their pet Bianca, they have opened their hearts and opened their home to these cats that need their help. So more and power it's to you, Beth.
1: Infinitely, infinitely more helpful to run a foster service like this rather than just getting 20 cats. No,
0: exactly. And, and she. am um, I mean, oh, there are, you know, really stupid people who just go, oh, you should adopt them, you should keep them, you should keep them. It's like, no, that's not my job. My job is to make sure that they get the best house for them. She has, uh, She has resident cats that she has to think of and look after. Yeah. And they are very important in the process of socialising the kittens. Yoda is this big fluffy white Persian that was rescued from a – <laughs> a owner that didn't know how to, re- like how to look after a Persian. And Yoda is so good with all the kittens. Uncle Yoda, he's called. And Beth has a book all about Yoda. It's like a children's picture book that you Aww. can buy. So I'll link her Instagram because I think the work that she does is amazing. And if you just need to cheer up, go and watch her Instagram. It is great. She posts lots of videos of um all the kittens at feeding times, her resident cats. Um, Howard playing with the kittens and Howard actually names all of the foster kittens that come in.
1: Aww. And so
0: that's the thing. Like when you personalize them and you give them a story, it is easier for them to get adopted. That's yeah. why it's becoming more popular for us to have like cat cafes here in Brisbane where you can meet and interact with the cats. And make and your own that, story. For yeah. Them. yeah. And then that makes it easier for them to get adopted. Cause I, yeah. So yeah, Beth Stern, what a great gal.
1: Doing the work. Doing the work. Doing the work and that needs look, to be if done. if I was
0: in her position, I'd be doing the exact same thing.
1: Absolutely. Well, responsible breeders. Here we go. I have.
0: Truth tea. It's yeah. been spilled.
1: So I, I, I've picked a breed to talk about mm. on today's, and it's one of my favorite breeds, and I have had the privilege of owning a Russian Blue. You've had a Russian Blue before. I did. Before I moved to Brisbane, I had a Russian Blue that I adopted. He was... Or on the verge of turning feral, like he, my sister has a rather large farm outside of Bundaberg and he was, they had a cat and he was outside trying to get in. He just wanted to be warm and friendly and he mm-hmm. was the loveliest boy. He always wanted to be on you and near you and so <laughs> companionable. I called him Makushio.
0: Of course you did. <laughs> of course I did.
1: Um, But... He had a little white dot on his chest and that meant that he was not show worthy.
0: Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah.
1: And so in speaking to the RSPCA, because I wanted to check to see if he was someone's cat. Right. um, They said, no, he's probably not someone's cat because about every six to eight months there is a litter of three to five Imperfect Russian Blues that are found dumped somewhere in the Bundaberg region, uh, meaning that he
0: was fathering all these kittens. No, that's
1: somewhat. There is oh, a, breeder there out there a breed around there. There was a breed
0: around there who was dumping oh, imperfect Russian Blue kittens. Fuck you! Oh no!
1: And so that that is the bad side of cat breeding. Oh. Like there is there is definitely good and responsible cat breeders out There's there. There's some
0: good ones and they really care for the cats and make sure that it's all done above board. My friend got her rag doll through a breeder on the Sunshine Coast Absolutely. and this woman was a saint. And there but- are breeders
1: that will de-sex cats for oh, you yeah. before they give them to That's, you. Uh,
0: Pablo was de before yeah. he was bought, yeah.
1: But that is the sad story. Of Mercutio, Oh. but baby. let me tell you a little bit about Russian Blues. Yeah, because they are beautiful cats. <laughs> they have this dense fur that it's really unique to cats. Because like you can, you know how you can like draw, you can press, with, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and make pictures in it, and it'll just stay there until you oh. brush it away. Uh, so not. Many people know where they come from because there's a naturally occurring breed mm. um, from the Arkhangelsk in Russia. Yep. So they're sometimes also called Archangel Blues. Mm. Uh, it's believed that sailors took Russian Blues from the Archangel Isles to Great Britain and then to Northern Europe in the 1860s. And the first recorded appearance outside of Russia was 1875 at the Crystal Palace in England as the Archangel Cat. So, the Russian Blue competed in a class, including all other Blue Cats until- So, uh, you've got the British Blue. Yeah. I don't know. Are there any other Blue Cats?
0: There's like the Lilac Siamese that we talked about last episode. But, I mean, British Blue Shorthairs are pretty common, but other than that, I don't know.
1: Well, since then, uh, the breed's been developed mainly in England and Scandinavia. Mm. Yeah, so- the Russian Blue, uh, so he's very, they're very friendly. Now, they make very strong bonds. Yeah. Uh, so their, their reputation is gentle and quiet and somewhat shy, but it has a re- reserved nature, but he loves to play, especially fond of retrieving things. So you throw things Mitch. and he'll bring it back to you. Mercutio particularly loved actually being Tossed onto a bed, and, and then, then he running would back. running back and jumping up on you, so you can toss him on a oh, bed again. <laughs> um, so very fond of play, uh, and so, but he will kind of climb to a high place and study new people before deciding whether or not they uh, they like they like people. But like like I said, once they decide on you, they really do bond with their owners, yeah. uh, and they're like they will stick by you every minute that you're in the house.
0: No. <laughs> <gasps> I want all the cat.
1: <laughs> so the Russian blue is pretty generally healthy. Oh, they don't have good. any uh, particular particular problems and I think that's mostly because it's a naturally occurring breed. Yeah. They haven't been selected or or crossbred or anything like that. Yeah. Um when it comes to caring for a Russian blue, the main thing you need to know is about the coat. Because it is so dense you have to brush because it. it came from snowy Russia. Yeah. You have to brush it at least twice a week uh, to get rid of that uh, dead hair and distribute the skin oils. Yeah, yeah. Um Again, dental hygiene is important uh, in trimming the nails every couple of weeks as well. Yeah. Uh, you shouldn't need to bath them, uh, but if they're going through a particularly like heavy shed like in our in an Australian summer, yeah. maybe a bath is what's needed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, Russian Blues, very, very kind of sleek body and yeah. long body. They're not. They're not squat like a British blue um and they have a very like pointed face mm. um very long and elegant uh they've been called <clears throat> the Doberman Pinscher of cats
0: <laughs> <Aww>.
1: <laughs> so yeah that's uh Russian blues are very tolerant towards children and treat them kindly um they they'll even put up with clumsy pats given by toddlers uh, as if they recognize no harm's meant and if necessary they will walk away or climb out of reach if if they're getting bumped on the right. head oh <laughs> <Aww, laughs> uh,
0: gorgeous
1: yeah that said, um rough treatment as with any cat you don't want they they will they'll they'll run away from that yeah yeah
0: oh amecusia
1: yeah, yeah. Bless his bless his gray heart. Oh me, me, mew mew. And oh. he uh, growing up on a farm, he was he was the least farm cat we ever had. He was oh, very much he always wanted regal. to be inside. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a cutie. Well, from that inspiration, I was as Zayn was talking, I was like, I know we follow a Russian blue on our Instagram. <laughs> so I found two. So our Instacat of the week is gonna be James and Maya, who um Maya's apparently the princess. James is the explorer, and they are the most beautiful Russian blues with green eyes. I'm gonna show Zane a picture.
1: Oh so
0: and I can see what you mean about the dense fur. Yeah. Oh, they're fighting. They're play fighting. They're so <laughs> cute. Um. So, these guys live in Bonn in Germany. And they have like a really cute little fun loving Instagram. Oh, they've both got green eyes. They both wear little um, bow ties. They've <laughs> of got course little they bows. Do. They cuddle up. They're just very sweet, very weird looking cats. And I'm so about it. Oop, let's see if this one's a chatty video. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> oh, kitty bear. Kitty bear meow. Oh, that's so sweet. So they're such cute cats. So we'll be featuring them on our Instagram this week. They look very well loved and they look like they have a whale of the time. Oh, gorgeous. Okay, cool. And, of course, to wrap up today's episode, we have our... Best Friends Feline Profile of the Week. Who
1: is it this week?
0: It is Licorice. <laughs> licorice was born in 2014. She's a female domestic shorthair. She currently lives in Rochdale. And
1: all white, right?
0: No, she's a tabby.
1: Oh, I was expecting a black kitty.
0: No, 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 a little tabby. So uh, on the snugglescope, she's a bit of a scaredy cat, but with love and patience. Um, she at the moment lives with other cats and she is dog friendly. Her um, vet work is all up to date. She has the most gorgeous markings with the stripy back and spotted belly. She's a quiet girl who's active and playful and absolutely loves to catch flies. She's an independent little soul, so it won't be too demanding of your time. She happily curls up on her own to sleep and loves if you pat, if you pat her if you're close by. She's a bit of a night owl but won't keep you awake as she will happily play on her own. And you Aww. can you can look at licorice on bestfriendsfeline.com. You can apply to um, inquire about her at inquiriesbff at gmail.com.au to arrange a meet and greet. Oh, and there's so many kitties on there, so please, if you want to adopt a kitty, go on the Best Friends Feline page and find yourself a little friend because there are so many of them that need homes. What? It is a Tuesday night and we are having fireworks. There's
1: fireworks for some reason.
0: What's going on? Is it Bastille or something? I or? don't know.
1: Oh. Who knows? But I will say if you are listening to this in Brisbane, uh, Best Friends Felines is having a trivia night I this love a trivia weekend.
0: night. This weekend, this weekend. So Hopefully it- we're going to get a uh, Everybody Wants to Be a Cat table, table together. together and we're going to go and I'm going to fuck some trivia <up. laughs> hosted by Natalie Pachensky, which is going to be such a good time. So if you want to come, please let us know on our Facebook. You can, If we have any room on our table, if not book yourselves a table and have like a rager of a night because who knows what's going to happen when it comes to me and trivia.
1: Yeah, Mate. who knows? It's
0: such a fun time. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Obviously, Mr. Riley McNamara misses you greatly, and we'll be back next time. We promise. Yes. He's not going to be at home snuggling up with Albus and Frank.
1: If that's what he's doing, I forgive him.
0: Well, I'm going to message him right now, being like, if you're not in the vicinity of Albus <laughs> or Frank right now, you're dead to me. Um, but thank you, Zane, for co hosting for the last you're couple welcome, of weeks. You're welcome anytime. It's been really fun. Um, so, if you would like to check us out on Instagram, we are at the Meow Podcast. We're on Facebook at Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. If you want to send us your cat photos, you can send them to Everybody Wants to Be a Cat Podcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your cats. I want. To know about them and <laughs> I want to meet them. Um, so, yes, please check us out on our socials. We would love to, you know, get in contact with you and learn more about you and your kitty friends. So, thank you so much for joining us today. Have a lovely day or morning or evening or whatever time you're listening to. I hope you're doing your vacuuming because that's when I listen to podcasts.
1: Yeah, pat a cat.
0: Pat a cat. Adopt a cat. Best friends for your lines. Do it.
1: Do it. Meow. Meow. Bye.